Hello and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog, and I guess the overlord of the Facebook group, which is where you probably know us from now. And with me today is Brandon Zamudo. Hi. Who's here to discuss with us a game he has finished very recently called... Tales of Vesperia. All right. So, tell us about Tales of Vesperia. <laughs> what would you like to know? I mean, that's kind of really, really open question. All right, so I uh, guess... Starting with, like, what exactly is the Tales of series? Okay. So, the Tales series is probably... It's one of the longer, like, running series you would think in JRPGs, right? Yes. I think it's... I mean... Like, it's been around a good while. I mean, not like Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy, but it's been around a while. Yeah, a and it and it, it sells a lot, and people like it. I mean, it's actually one of the first... It's actually the, like, RPG series that finally got me into RPGs. Was it this game in particular? It, it, was, it, was, in, it was, in fact, this game in particular. Back about... Oh, man, I want to say within the last 10 years, I don't remember when I started playing it. I know I played the 360 version of this when I was with my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, and we've been together almost 10 years. So within the last 10 years, like, this is the game that finally, like, made me an RPG fan after, like, trying games for years as a kid and, like, just being bored with them and the gameplay. Like, this one just... Like blew everything out of the water, and now I'm a total fanboy. A total Tales fanboy. <laughs> a total Tales fanboy. I'll pre-order every game no matter what and just play it. It's also kind of like, I'm not sure if it's a mainstream series. It is now, right? More so than it was back then. I think so. I mean, I guess you'd probably get into the stuff. I mean, if you think about like around like PlayStation 2 and the GameCube time, back when like Abyss and Symphonia were coming out. I think that's probably when it started gaining more traction over here. Yeah, Symphonia is the first one I even remember. Even though there were ones before that that got released here. I think most people yes. passed them over. Yeah. So like once that happened, because there was a couple on, uh, what was it? Was it a Super Nintendo game? The first one is <sighs> Tales of Fantasia. On the Super Nintendo, I believe. And I think that one got remade, or at least ported, to Game Boy Advance. Which is a strange decision. <laughs> and I think that's the one that has, like, it's a really bad port with, like, tons of slowdown during the battle system and everything. Yeah. it was. It's a, it's a good game. It's just that it never was released here other than that in that Game Boy Advance port, which is really bad. <laughs> yeah. So then you go back probably then the early to mid 2000s and then it starts gaining traction over here where you got Tales of the Abyss, which is, you know, up there with some of the people's favorites for the series and Tales of Symphonia for the GameCube, which you'll come in, you'll come to find with these games. They end up having weird exclusive consoles that they get released on. <laughs> like they they've been on every console and certain ones have their exclusivity if you want to say it yeah symphonia like, i think was gamecube and then it's weird pseudo sequel was released on the wii <laughs> yes we did end up getting a hd collection of those for the playstation 3 yeah way later <laughs> yeah way later but yeah you had that you had tales of asperia being an xbox 360 exclusive back when you know Xbox wasn't big in Japan or anything. So to put a JRPG as your, you know, it's exclusive to that council. Yeah. was kind of a, risk. you know, yeah, it was kind of a risk. Now it, it did end up later getting ported to PS3 over there, but not over here. Yeah. Same way. Like a lot of the exclusive Xbox 360 games were really pretty good. Even the JRPGs. I mean, like blue, what is it? Like blue dragon. Lost Odyssey. Yeah, Blue Dragon. Yeah, they had a lot Lost. of good exclusives. It just, it was just to pump it up in Japan, and it was just a very strange decision. Even a Tales game being on the 360 is a strange decision. Yes, and so, which kind of, you know, as we're talking about Vesperia, so it was a 360 exclusive, 
and then it gets a PS3 release in Japan only with new content and everything, and none of that ever came over here. Then fast forward to this year, and it gets a definitive edition release on, you know, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC for its 10-year anniversary, and it finally brings all that stuff from the PlayStation 3 over here to the West for the first time. Does it uh, have a Japanese voice language track? Just curious. It does. You can choose your voices in it. Oh, well. <laughs> Even on the Switch so, version, or do you not have the Switch I think uh, I do not have the Switch version. I have PS4. Okay. I would like the Switch version now. But yes, everything has, when you boot up the game, the first thing it asks you is like what you want your voices in, if you want Japanese or English. Huh. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's the kind of thing they usually don't have. Yeah, so I think they just... I think this kind of being their their baby, like I kind of, for me, out of all the Tales games I've played, I think this is, it's my favorite. And I think that's probably like one of the most general consensus. Like a lot of people like this one, I like as the best out of the series so far. I haven't played I think, all of them, so I don't know, but I would consider it the best one I played. Yes, I have not played all of them either. But I think just one of the general consensus around like fans and everything for the games, for the characters and everything, I think this one is pretty much usually up near the top. Yeah, and the uh, good English voice acting doesn't hurt. Yes. So back then, what was it? I think 2009? Nine? Nine? Late 2000s. Yeah, it came out here in August 2000, August 26, 2008. So, yeah, 10 years. So this is back. It also had Troy Baker in the game. Like, he was the lead. And if you're thinking about this now, yes, Troy Baker was the lead in a JRPG, and this was back before, you know, <laughs> Last of Us, before Bioshock, before, like, he, like, just exploded and started being in every every game. Yeah, that feels, like, so weird. So this was probably, like, one of my first introductions to... To Troy Baker, for the most part. Yeah, who be basically became probably so famous that he didn't return for the uh, definitive edition content, I'm guessing. Yes, I would think. That's a whole whole other issue with <laughs> the course, but we can get to that later on when we start yeah. talking more about the game. Although I do want to mention one more thing. This is from my obscure knowledge bag. <laughs> uh, oh, geez. Um, so, when... I believe the Tales of Fantasia came out. It was developed by an internal Namco team called Team Wolf, something or other, to make like an action RPG series. Okay. And that development team left to form their own company. And oh, I know where you're going with this. And that company was called Triace. Yeah. So we got a bunch. We got Tales clones running around. And they made Star Ocean, which is yeah. similar action RPG stuff, but really different. Yes. So try a Especially. whatever the Tales Namco Tales Studio, whatever the heck they ended up calling it after. Yeah. They're kind of doing Namco Bandai. Yeah, they're doing like the same thing, but they're on totally different trajectories, right? I would say try yes. games are way more experimental, but Tales games kind of found a formula after a while and they stuck with it. Yeah. They, I think that's one of the things well probably for some jrpgs in general is they usually don't stray from the form like each new game in the tale series kind of changes the battle system a little bit but mostly you know what you're getting when you get into a tales game yeah and the consistency is part of like the brand right every tale yes game now there have been game. some duds like i was not a big fan of tales of exilia 2 and i really liked the first one. Yeah, a lot of people. Hate the second that. one, I was not that big of a fan of. Isn't that because it requires you to like grind money? Kind of. I didn't really have a problem with that, but it was just they they did try new things in that. You you played a silent protagonist, and they gave you like uh, dialogue choices and stuff like that, and it was kind of weird. It just it didn't really. It just wasn't the same. Like it just the story was okay, but. Coming from like the first one, where you had this experience with all these characters, and I really enjoyed it. To that one, it just, it just was not as good. Yeah, and uh, Tales of Graces is pretty decent too. I like that one a lot. I thought that was a good one. 
Yeah, it, it's a bit out there, especially the spoiler, like, outer space stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of get that with a lot of the Tales games. There's always... How do I want to say there's, ancient power. Yeah, there's always something that just kind of goes, like, that extra mile into, like... I don't want to say weirdness, but there's there's always something... <laughs> That just kind of takes you a little bit out of the element that you're in. Yeah, it's like the JRPG trope of the big reveal. <laughs> yeah. Now, I guess Exilia kind of isn't like that because you're kind of playing like a spirit person in that game. So it's like you're already kind of part of that realm that they kind of have like going back and forth. But yeah, even in like, you know, uh, Vesperia here, like there's... It get like it's pretty much like it gets into some weird ancient tech end of the world stuff. It's always the ancient civilizations. When will they ever learn? <laughs> it is. But hey, as long as it gets a group of people from different backgrounds coming together and then liking each other and real putting aside their differences to stop the end of the world, that's what it's all about. That you basically summed up every Tales game. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> but they're just so fun to play. Okay, so Here's the question about Vesperia. Why is this one the special one? <sighs> Maybe for me, I guess it was probably, it was the right place at the right time. You know, I like watching anime and I like video games. And I remember seeing stuff for Tales of Vesperia and I was like, oh my goodness, that looks like an anime that you can play. <laughs> I should try this game. <laughs> and so I got it and I played it and it was like playing an anime. <laughs> and I just like fell in love and going into that game. Like, so the combat in this, it's, it's an action role-playing game, like more so than turn-based. So when you get into a battle, you know, it, it goes, you locks you down in a circle arena and you just go and you can just start spamming attacks and magic and everything. And it's more active. It keeps you involved, you know, where turn-based battles for me, especially like around that time, like, it would just bore me. I would hate getting into random battles and then sitting there, like, going through menus where this one, I could just go in there and just play like an action game. I have an attack button. I have a magic button, a block button. And it actually makes grinding, like, not that bad. So you just smack things. Yeah, I just run around just smack things with swords and axes. And I so, believe you only control one character at a time, right? You do, but you can control whichever character you want. So you have, like, all these different characters who play differently. Now, I use the main character, Yuri, like, 98% of the time. That's just kind of the way I play these games, is I usually always play the main character, like, 90% of the time. Yeah, that makes the most sense anyway. <laughs> yeah. So for that, for me to come in and do that, and, you know, you level up and everything, you get your stats. It's not like one of those heavy, deep RPGs where you need to sit there, where am I going to put my level up points, you know, all this. It's pretty much, you do this stuff, you find new weapons, and that's how you get more powerful. Yeah, you simple know, stuff. It, it's simple. It's pretty straightforward. It's more involved to the point, like, than Final Fantasies, as much as I wanted to like Final Fantasies back then, couldn't do it. And then this one just comes in and just, you know, blows away my expectations, makes me a huge fan. I spent about like 55 to 60 hours, I think, on my first playthrough back on 360. <laughs> and I just like, yeah, and I just fell in love with it. And I was just a fan right there, like from then on. Because then after that, I went out and I bought Tales of Graces because I think that was out on PlayStation 3 by that time. And then like, you know, I was pre-ordering limited editions or collector's editions of Tales of Exilia, like just all these games coming out. So every time there's a new Tales announcement, I'm looking forward to just pre-ordering it and playing it day one. Yeah, I remember there was a just a lack of Tales games at some point. They stopped localizing them for some reason. I just can't remember why. Yeah, and I think we've gotten most of them over here, but they've gone back and forth on some of them. I can't really remember which ones. Like, there was some where they'd actually do the voices and some that they wouldn't do the voices for. Yeah. Like, for the skits and everything. Because Tales of the Abyss has, like, voice-acted cutscenes, but the skits, which is, like, another mainstay of, like, the Tales games, it's like, you know, a button will pop up and you can watch just interaction between your your group, and it's more like just 
backstory and just fleshing out characters through like little cuts, like little skits. Yeah, because the, uh, the games are more focused on the characters than they are on the story. I mean, the story is obviously important. It's a JRPG, right? But, yes. But a lot of it comes from character interaction more than it does from like the world threat. Yeah, so you have this interaction, and, like, they're great, but in Tales of the Abyss, like, those aren't voiced, so it's just silent, you just see mouths moving, and you're reading words as they come across the screen. That's sad. <laughs> and then some of them, like, I can't remember if Symphonia has voice-acted skits or not, but I know Vesperia did. Like, everything was voice-acted, all the skits, you know, just pretty much it's all voice acting. It makes it flow a lot easier. <laughs> I'm not sure if the Japanese original even did have any voice acting. Yeah, I, th- I want to say that I think one of those changes got made. I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah, maybe in Japan. I think in Japan they had, like, less stuff voiced. When they put yeah. it over here, a bunch of stuff got voiced that wasn't in the original. Yeah, I don't know if that's because they just thought that it would probably work better over here. Or not, because, you know, that's still, like, around that weird time when, like you s- said, like, Tales games were just kind of in this weird flux between the East and the West. Yeah, I think they we would be get- decided to spend a lot of money on it, <laughs> just because it yeah. would be more likely that people would buy it if, like, fully voiced on the box. Yeah. And, you know, at that point in time, we know we were getting these, like, they would get released in Japan earlier, and then months later they would come over here. Yeah, it's still lag time. Yeah. Now, Grant, we're in the day and age now where we don't really have to, like, that's a very rare occurrence that that stuff happens anymore. Yeah, I th- like, most things now, like, have a worldwide release date, comes out on the same day pretty much everywhere. Unless they're, like, a really small company in Japan. Yeah. Most stuff gets released, like, worldwide, same day. Yeah. And... As these games have gone on, like Tales has only gotten bigger and longer. I think it celebrated its 25th year as a franchise not too long ago. They have their own Tales of Festival in Japan, where it's like a couple days where they release like new Tales news, do all this new stuff. You know, there was a new Tales of game announced at E3 this year. So, uh, um, man, now I'm gonna have a brain fart. Tales is something <laughs> yeah I guess you know i was not expecting that question uh i will find the answer for you because uh tales of well you know what you wouldn't even have guessed it because tales of arise is not english <laughs> tales of arise it's bad grammar it's bad grammar but you want to know what bad grammar or not i am buying it day one <laughs> Tales of Hearts was also released here, I think, at some point. Yes, on the Vita, and that's the one that has just Japanese voices, just in general. Yeah, but a lot like of that was got here. Yes, so it got to that point, and it's just gotten bigger, and which makes me happy. Like I will champion Tales games. Like if people say they want to play a JRPG, like I will always toss out a Tales game. Be like, you should try this game. You should try this game. Like this is mine. Like my game. Like, this is my jam. It's in my top five series of all time. Like, Vesperia is one of my top five games of all time. Like, I will sit there and just, like, recommend it to people. Be like, oh, you should try this game. Yeah, it's prototypical JRPG. I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way, though. Yeah. Like, if you say JRPG, this is what people think. Love it or hate it. Yeah, I think if you say JRPG, there's probably three things that will come to a lot of people's minds. Probably Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, and Tales. Yeah, pretty much those three. I mean, that's, I mean, you got like smaller ones, like, you know, that people might be a fan of, like some people might be like, oh, Octopath Traveler, Chrono Trigger and stuff like that. But as, as like an overall series and everything, like longevity. Yeah. Like the, these three are still going. Yeah. Plus this is like the sequel. That's not actually a sequel. It's just the same kind of game thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Very rarely is there actually like, a sequel to a game in the series where it involves characters. I mean, Symphonia got one and Exilia got one. And I think but Tales of Destiny Bers- got one. Yeah, and Tales of Zestiria and Berseria, they take place in the same world, but they're not necessarily, like, sequels. Like, one happens way in the future, and one happens, like, in the past. So kind of counts, but doesn't. 
kind of counts. It has some shared characters, but it's more about like context for the world. Same universe. Yeah, same universe, but setting up, it's like, you know, if you play one, you kind of understand why things are the way they are in the other one. Yeah, which is weird. I don't know what order you would play them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess me personally, I would say Berseria first just because that's just a great game. <laughs> like a lot better than Zisteria. Zisteria was like, okay. It was okay. But Berseria, like that was my game of the year a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. And it's probably my second favorite next to Vesperia. So what makes Vesperia better than, let's say, Berseria? Like, is there any like specific it's, thing or is it just a feel or? I think it's probably. I think partially some of it has to do with I played this one first. Kind of like, like your first Souls game is your favorite. Well, kind of. I mean, <laughs> not really anymore because the first Souls game I really played all the way through was two. So, ah. <laughs> but I think there's just there's just this feeling like you know when I play this one of nostalgia. Like I really like a lot most of the characters and and both of them. I think like the two games like they probably have like some the best characters in tales games like as an overall for like the whole group like okay you can like you know uh lloyd from symphonia but you might not like a lot of the other people were in this one like you i pretty much like every single character like even like the annoying young kid person that's always in the game like they always have to have a, a little kid who joins your group who's usually kind of annoying oh, yeah, you know always. There's there's always that, you know, but, you know, they're not bad. I like all the characters like I like Yuri, Raven, Estelle, Judith, uh, Rita. I like, I like the, the puppy repeat. Yeah, I like the dog. He doesn't talk. I mean, and, and he smokes. A he pipe. doesn't talk. <laughs> he, he does. He, he, he does smoke a pipe. He's a cool doggy. So like they're just they're all really like charming characters. Now, going through on the second time playing it, I have realized how much kind of a jerk Yuri is compared to, like, the first time that I played <laughs> the game. What a jerk. <laughs> like, he he's also the most different out of, like, any protagonist. I guess, like, if you look at, like, him and... Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, All right. Who are you talking <sighs> about? The woman or... The, the, the woman from... Uh, the tales of berseria velvet like they're like probably the darkers like the darkest lead characters that they've had in the games just because of the way they act and like some of their backstories because you can see this like it makes more sense to me now playing this again being older wiser like when i see yuri and his best friend flynn in tales of asperia you like there's this color difference like even in their outfits yuri wears like the black darker clothes Flynn wears whiter, brighter colors, and they're exact opposites. Yuri is a person who's, you know, does not like he was a knight, didn't like the way knights and government were handling things because he, you know, it was all corruption and everything. They weren't felt like they weren't helping out like the poor people, which where he came from. So he goes out and he's kind of like a Batman esque type person. He's a vigilante, he takes things into his own hands. You know, but he takes things too far sometimes to where he like breaks the law. And that's like kind of like where some of the back and forth between people goes in this game where he, you know, he makes rash decisions, goes and he needs to, but he feels like he's doing it because it needs to be done and no one else is going to do it. Where, you know, Flynn, you know, is still a knight working his way up the ranks, wants to change things from that side, like through the law and, and like government and you know, just try to be good and says that there is good in there. So you have this dynamic between them of like, you know, light and dark and they're best friends, you know, hmm. but back, you know, back then when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't really see that too much. You know, Yuri goes a little bit farther than Batman because Yuri has, you know, killed people like taking people out, <laughs> you know, like, like obviously this might get into like some, some minor spoilers for, the game and everything but he does like take out a higher up person 
you know, because they are kind of corrupt and everything, they got in trouble, they got locked up, but then they got released and everything. And so when he finds them, he takes them out because he's like, you know, this is just going to keep happening. I need to take him out. So he just straight up murders some dudes. Yeah. But like, it's not, it's not that heavy comparatively speaking to some other games like this. <laughs> to some of the, to some other games. No, but you know, it, it brings into mind that questions, you know, they sit there and talk about it. Like, you know, like, you know, you can't really go doing these things and, you know, but he, you know, he's aware of his choices and know, knows that there like could be consequences and everything like that. But he feels like if he doesn't do it, things are just going to keep happening again and the system's just going to fail him. And that that's the reasons why he's not with the Knights and that stuff anymore. You know, it's so weird. The way you're explaining it reminds me totally of Final Fantasy Tactics, but like much less cynical. <laughs> yeah. I think the plots actually are, in that sense, the, like, one protagonist believes in this way to reform the world, and this one believes in another way, right? And then they're shaped by their experiences. Then they end up clashing. Ideologically, yeah. right? It happens, but in Final Fantasy Tactics, is a lot more cynical about the person who reforms things from within. Yeah, and these, like, it has these differences. Like, people kind of, like, I don't want to say they like gloss over, but you know, to make the story like kind of just flow together, like people just kind of like push things off a little bit. Like, yeah, Yuri did that stuff, but it's not like they outright shun him or anything like that. Like they get upset, but they still work together yeah. and like are still friends and everything. It's just one of those things that they sit there, like they kind of bring the question up and then it's probably more of left a thought of like, you know, probably for you to player to think of instead of like having it just be keep being fleshed out through these people. Because these games are ultimately about friendship more than they are about, like, philosophical <laughs> debates and such. Yeah, and then using that stuff, because you take him, you got the the naive princess, you know, Estelle, who's been locked in the castle, like, her whole life, who gets out and joins this adventure. You have the young kid who's needs to become strong because he's weak and scared. You have the, the old pervy man, Raven, I mean, he's an old you know, guy. they always have one guy who's supposedly like, quote unquote, old and they're like yeah. middle aged, <laughs> like 35. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean that. That's, that's just, old. Yeah, it's like, oh, man, he's got stubble. <laughs> what an old guy. Yeah, <laughs> he actually kind of has gray hair. So <laughs> I guess we'll at least go with that. So you got the old pervy guy. You got like the young, arrogant mage. And then you have like the other young, like kind of like a dragoon type character who's just out on her own thing, but also learns to grow. So everyone pretty much learns from everyone else. Yeah. Judith is the like, weird. And their difference. They have to have a weird one always. Yes. But I actually really liked Judy. <laughs> <laughs> She's fine. She's different. She's different. I mean, if we're talking about like characters that I roll with in a party, it was mostly Yuri, Judy, Rita, and Estelle. Yeah. I would I'll, I'd also substitute Rita or Judy and Rapide. I think you pretty much need Estelle most of the time because of the healing. Well, there's other people that can heal too. Not quite as with healing spells. So it's different. But so you have all these people who are all different. You know, they make sure that they're different because that's what all these that's pretty much what every JRPG is. Every character's got to be a contrast to the other because then there's conflict and you know, using the other people to grow because like we said earlier, it takes people from all these different backgrounds, all these different thought processes, ideologies, and coming together for the greater good of the world. Right. And then becoming friends. Like, <laughs> yes. And then becoming best friends. Yeah. In, in and both. Community. Yes. Cause over the course of time, you know, you see like, you know, Yuri becomes a little bit, you know, softer in tone, you know, Estelle, as she gets more knowledge, she becomes more, stronger and making decisions and knowing what she wants you know rita becomes less of a jerk <laughs> the mage character becomes less of a yeah jerk. <laughs> yeah carol grows the old man he becomes well he's still pervy but you know he grows he grows to love all his friends and everything he, you know just all this fun love and happy stuff does every tales game have like the naive character that doesn't know anything about the world or is that just the naive I, know I think Estelle most of them. That yeah, Estelle's that character. Um, I would think in 
Exilia, I think Elise might kind of be that character because she's like the little kid, like little shy kid and everything like that. Sophie counts for graces. Yes, yeah, Sophie counts for graces. I think it's pretty much there's always got to be a naive person who doesn't know about making like certain choices and always has this dilemma. Yeah. And it's kind of a strange trope, but I guess it's a thing. <laughs> it is. And to be honest with you, I actually connected more with Estelle the second playthrough than I did like in the first the first playthrough I was probably all about Yuri, you know. Yeah. The young guy like, yeah, yeah, anti-hero. Yuri's cool. Yuri and actually Yuri's like I think probably voted the most favorite protagonist in Tales games. Yeah, and now you're older and you're like, everyone. a jerk. Yeah, not that he's a jerk. Like he's, you know, he does have heart and he does things, but he's like, you know, sometimes you take things a little too far, buddy. <laughs> but like, I find my, I found myself connecting more with Estelle and just being like, you know, I have a hard time sometimes making decisions and knowing what to do in certain things, and you know, I just kind of feel like her. We're like, you know, some of the other characters, they just make their choices. They just do. Things. They just, yeah, they just do things. You know, it's not, not, I wouldn't say that they don't think they just, excuse me, they just know what to do and they just go out and do it where those persons are just like, you know, you need to think about it. You don't know what, you don't know what to do. You don't know what the consequences are. Yeah. Plus you don't know what's the right thing. The world really to make an informed decision about certain things. Right. Yeah. So I found that kind of interesting like this time through and I, I really enjoyed that. I was sitting there. I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm kind of more Estelle. Now I'm I'm Team Estelle. <laughs> <laughs> team Estelle. Uh, team Estelle. So that was like as I was playing through this game, I was just like, okay, I get this now. And seeing this stuff playing through it again, kind of you know, it's like watching a movie that you've seen before. You kind of pick up on different things and you're like, oh, I didn't notice that before. There's this, there's this. So it was really, really great playing it through a second time and seeing all this stuff. And just being able to see it from a different perspective. <laughs> yeah, I would say that the characters in this ver this game are probably better than most of the other ones I've played. And I'm and not sure I, why I would say that. I guess it's just the combination. Yeah, it's, there's, they just work, you know? Like, the characters work well together. They're really well voiced. Like, you don't have anyone like, you know, Mew from tales of the abyss or like there's just like some of those characters from the other ones like they're just kind of annoying like for <laughs> lack of a better term like they just kind of like you know like oh i kind of don't like them <laughs> yeah, what's like that? it's not that they're, they're bad what's that uh the sharia from graces oh man she gets on my nerves that's i remember, <laughs> does she i remember that specifically i don't like her at all <laughs> is it because she was like kind of like I don't want to say she was like a big sister type, but she was kind of like that protective person all the time and getting mad. She's like a hanger on sort of thing. You know, because she has a thing for uh, Asbel. But Vesperia does not have this, right? <laughs> no, they don't really have that. I mean, they have like, you can tell like there's like, you know, like an interest. I don't want to, maybe I guess you want to say love interest between Yuri and Estelle. But it's not like they play that out, like sitting there like it's like, all heavy-handed, like you know what's going to happen and everything like yeah, that. It's not a dating sim. It's still a jail. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not a dating sim, but it's implied that you know that they probably, like, there's probably a thing going on, and probably afterwards they probably, like, become a couple, you know? Yeah. It's it's just the thing that's implied that you think probably happens. It's not super the, important to the story, though. Yeah. We're in Tales of Graces, where it's sitting there, and it's like, no. <laughs> Sharia has feelings for Asbel, and she will let you know it. <laughs> uh, okay, so, I thought I'd ask this question because I don't know about it. Uh, there is a prequel anime or something like this? Yes. Did you watch it? Yes, I own it. Okay, can you tell us about this? <laughs> okay, pretty much what it entails is it goes back to when Yuri and Flynn were in the nights, and it just, it goes through that story like there. It pretty much fleshes like out that story a little bit more and you get to see like how they came to be like how they came to hang out with repeat and everything like that and it pretty much goes through his time and the nights and the stories going through there and at the end that's pretty much sets up to like where he is now like you know where he leaves the nights and everything like that 
So it's pretty much, it's been a while since I've watched it. It's pretty much just that four story. Be like, okay, here's how, here's what happened beforehand and how he got to be where he is. Is it pretty good? And does it have the same voice actors? There's it doesn't. It does not have all the same voice actors. I think it's got someone else for Yuri, but I think Flynn's got the same voice actor, and I think Rita's got a different voice actor or actress. But it actually they do a really good job though. Like it's not like really like it's not like really badly done. Like oh my goodness, like you can tell like these are these are bad voices. They actually do a really good job probably better than what they did for like the actually no as i'm looking at now troy baker did do yuri Hmm. oh wow okay (laughs) wow i didn't think he did there you go so yeah yeah there you go there's that it sounds better than uh having an anime or a movie where you have to watch it to actually understand the story in the video game final fantasy yes 15 cough cough Yeah, we won't talk about that here. No, <laughs> that'll be a different podcast. Yes, we'll talk about Kingslave at some other time. Yeah, goodness. Please don't make me talk about this. First Strike, good. Kings. First Strike, good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Don't say that. My wife really likes that movie, so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much, yeah, it shows Yuri's disdain for things that happen while he's in the nights, and like it just ends up with him leaving and Flynn staying. And then years later, that's when, like, Vesperia comes around. So actually worth watching. I think so. It's not needed, but, you know, I'm a Vesperia fanboy, so I'll say go ahead and watch it. (laughs) So why not? Yeah, why not? I remember when that came out, like, I found I was excited because it was actually at Best Buy near me. I'm like, they have this. I got to go get it. (laughs) Yeah, and Best Buy probably overcharged you for it. An arm and a leg. It was probably like, I think, like 20 bucks for the Blu-ray. Oh, that's not bad, actually. No. But I think you can rent it on pretty much every digital streaming service. I'm looking probably. at it on Amazon right now. It's like three ninety nine to rent. So, there you go. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's not going to win any awards or anything like that. But if you're if you're like a if you're a fan of like the games and stuff like that, I'd say like there's no harm in in renting it and watching it. It's good. Yeah, and, and the game has decreased in price substantially too. So that that's true too. It's starting to come down like every other game now. Yeah, like six August 2019, it's like 20, 30 bucks ish. Hmm. That sounds about right. It's been going on sale a lot more for around thirty slash like you know sometimes in like the 25 range i remember looking everywhere for the original game i could not find it (laughs) yeah i found mine used at gamestop that's how i bought mine and back when i bought mine it was still i think do i still have the price sticker on it i know mine it was mine was around 25 to 30 bucks i think yeah, oh, forty dollars used yeah, when I bought it. That's exactly what happened to me. I had to find it at a GameStop somewhere. I couldn't find it online or anywhere else. So, yeah. So I remember getting. That. I was like, oh, it's forty dollars used. I'm like, whatever, I'll get it, and I'm glad I did. GameStop gouges oh. you on any games that come from Japan half the time because they say it's limited stock. Yeah. Yes, but now, like, even if. Like, even if you don't want the definitive edition and you still have an Xbox 360, the game has come down considerably in price. And you can probably find it, and it's cheap. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you should buy and play the definitive edition, though, if anything. Yeah, like, especially, like, if you play it on, like, PlayStation 4, I think it runs at 60 frames a second for pretty much everything. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on everything, too. Isn't it on Xbox too? <laughs> yep, it's on Xbox, Switch, and PC. Yeah, and PS4 yes okay yeah it's like that's basically everything then yeah and it's like even right now like looking at it like it's 25 bucks pre-owned at gamestop right now yeah so if you like classic i don't know if i want to call it classic jrpg i guess it is now now that it's like 10 years old yeah i like how the switch version is 10 dollars more expensive than every other version that's like the switch for you everything is 10 dollars more expensive i know and it runs worse it does I mean, I, I guess not really worse. It probably runs on par with, like, the 360. It's just more, like, 30 frames a second and everything. Yeah, I think the battles are all 30 FPS. But, I mean, you can do handheld grinding. That's <laughs> true. You know? 
like if you want to sit there now granted like when i was playing through this time i didn't really grind levels because they had free dlc pack that you can buy or not really buy because it's free but it gives you like all this gold like all these like free levels that you can just choose when to use at your liking and you know i ended up using them because i think it ended up being close to like 30 free levels you can get so it's basically like a level boost yeah it's like you know you got a couple like you know i think you got like two or three like plus five level boost and then like a couple plus ten level boost you know i don't feel bad about you doing it even though i think it's bad and wrong to do it (laughs) but because you've already played through the game once it's like yes that's why that's why i was okay doing it if it was my first time like it's like no i probably shouldn't do that but since i've already played it before i already know what's gonna happen like there's no reason for me not to use them <laughs> yeah it's like playing final fantasy 7 and people who use the rewind button through all the battles it's like what is the point <laughs> yeah i mean because the first time all right i will hashtag mark this as spoilers right here spoilers the first time the first time i played vesperia Okay, I used a guide. I would use a guide at a couple of points, kind of like almost every JRPG, because there's always so much you can do. And like sometimes when you're in dungeons and everything like that, you need to look stuff up. So I found out about the fell arms. And do you remember those? Uh, like the. What's the story? They're the, spe- the story purposes, they're special like arms. I think, I don't know if they're like really demonic, but there's these special weapons that were made that can become like so powerful and that they shouldn't go into the wrong hands, but they're like hidden throughout the world now. Like no one knows where they are. So you get one of them when you're in Miorzo, the uh, Critia hometown where Judy's from and everything. Okay. And you get one and you talk about going and finding them now. So that's the story purpose. The things with these are is like, once you have these weapons and you unlock them after beating the final boss, like they become like really powerful like the more item or the more enemies you kill the more powerful they become so they pretty much can become like the best weapons in the game okay at a certain point so i found out about these and i'm like okay well i should find them so i looked them up and i read about in the guide and everything find them all i did not know that when this was talked about earlier in the guide that when you collect all seven of them back then i mean there's nine now because of the two extra characters in the definitive edition (laughs) but when you collect all seven of them you open up a third special final form of the boss the last boss of the game and i did not know this so and by by having them i got there and did this and there's a huge like level jump from boss phase two to boss phase three and i was just getting whooped (laughs) <laughs> like I was wiping on it like pretty hard and I was, I did not know this. <laughs> so I had to actually like, I think I was around level 60 or 70 or something like that. I can't really remember. I'd have to go back and look somewhere between 50 and 70. And I think he jumps up to like level 85 or 95, like something like that. And to put this boss kind of in perspective, like when I beat him on the definitive edition, not that it was like hard per se. Cause I was actually like, Oh, I was actually like 10 levels or something like that above him. And he would still give me troubles every now and then because his mystic art would knock me down to like zero or he'd wipe a couple of my characters. So, and this, that was just his second form. So this third form is even stronger. And I was at the point at that point in the game, like I did not want to grind because I'm sitting there thinking I'd have to grind like 30 levels end game, which would take forever. So I actually bumped it down to easy to beat the last boss of the game. Like on my first run through, I think I, I think I bumped it down to easy and I used the all divide to split all damage in half. You know, the damage we're dealing out, but the damage we're taking (laughs) just to survive, even on just to survive. (laughs) Well, uh, you had a fun time doing that, I bet. I did. It was it was a long battle. I think it probably took like 20 minutes or something like that, of going back and forth and still running through like all your resources and everything like that. Hey, this is not turn-based. This is like real time. <laughs> yes. 
This is like some. This is real time running around hacking, slashing, and doing all this stuff. <laughs> running around hoping you're not going to die. Yes, and his mystic art I think drops everyone down to like one. Oh, that's like all of a sudden like everyone's just down at one health. <laughs> so then you start spamming the heal button. Yeah, like trying to heal as much. Yes. <laughs> yes, because you know you only have so many, you know, life bottles. And then if someone, if you run out of those, one person can do a resurrect, but it takes forever to get off. So if they get hit, they're not getting it off. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, that's a, this seems like a JRPG trope. Well worth keeping. Yes. So, but I did not end up doing that battle yet on the definitive edition. I just went through, beat the game and now I'm in post game content so I can do some more of that stuff. Like there's some post game dungeons and, all the stuff that I can run around and do, and I can still get the other fell arms and then go back and fight the final boss again. So is the post-game stuff worth doing? Just curious. Um, I haven't really gone too far into it. I didn't really do it too much on the 360 version. I know there's like a dungeon that's like a hundred floors or something like that that you can go through, which is like a lot of bosses. And I think there's another dungeon you can go through that I don't know too much about. I mean, I don't think it's bad from what I've heard. I don't know how much of it I'll actually do. I mean, I know I want to get the other two fell arms and I want to do the final third boss fight. But like the thing with me is like, I'll do some of the stuff, get some backstory, get some skits and stuff. But I just love the main story of the game. Like maybe once I get those fell arms, do all this stuff, I would probably get ready to do a new game plus. Yeah, you're not in in it for the combat challenge, I guess is what you're saying yeah because one of the trophies you can get and it's a thing for like other games is like getting your character to level 200 and i think like that's like the biggest thing that people do is like you know they do level 200 runs they do a lot of post game stuff do all this you know by doing that you know you can get modifiers so like the second time you play the game you can you get grade for every battle that you do and over the course of the game it adds it all up and then when you go to do new game plus you can buy stuff with how much grade you did to like, you know, enhance your second playthrough. You can bring over either like all your weapons. You can bring over like all your abilities for certain characters. Like, so you don't have to unlock them. Does it you can the stats do of everything or do you just crush the game from there? That I'm not sure of. I dabbled with it on the 360, but I can't remember. I think it still goes pretty fast, but you can also buy one that gives you 10 times experience. So that's what a lot of people do is like, if you do that, you get the 10 X experience and then, you know, you can start, you know, it makes leveling easier a little bit when you're doing new game plus then. Okay. That makes sense. All right. I have so, one other question. Uh, did you play the game co-op at all? I have not played the game co-op. I know you have told me that the game can be played co-op, but I have never played a tales game co-op. Yeah. You can only do the battle stuff. Everything else has <laughs> yeah, to be done single player obviously right <laughs> yeah but they can run around and do battle with you yeah basically any battle if you have like three other controllers you can play a full four-person party i was gonna say because did you do that with your brother no actually i did it with my parents i have no idea how we made it through the whole game but we did <laughs> you played it with your parents that's awesome yeah i had i was estelle most of the game for obvious reasons <laughs> Oh, you're so you're the healer. Yeah, <laughs> it made the most sense because uh, weird. It's weird if you're like by yourself playing as Estelle because most of the time the party kind of takes care of itself and you just sit there most of the time. But if you're playing with people, real people, uh, you're the one that has to heal. Yeah, because Estelle kind of like the AI is weird. It kind of focuses on your character, the player character. Yeah, and not like really the other character. <laughs> yeah, because it assumes you're playing by yourself most of the time. So if you're playing mm. cooperatively in any sense, the AI kind of doesn't work quite right. <laughs> yeah. So then I had to do my uh, furious healing most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's definitely it, different, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's one way to experience the game. Yeah, but it, it is interesting. I, I don't hear many people play uh, Tales games cooperatively, but it is a thing. And I'm pretty hmm. sure is it, it it is in the definitive edition. Is it in the newer ones too? Um 
I'm not sure. That's a curious question. I'd have to actually see. I don't have my P- PS4 games over here, but I have Exilia. It says oh, it says one to four players. Yeah, I'm pretty sure any of the ones that use the, uh, what did they call it? Linear motion battle system or something? Yeah, I think pretty much everything, yeah. Tales of Graces has one to four players. Boy, wow. <laughs> Tales of Symphonia Chronicles has one to four players. So, yeah, every game has co-op in it. I guess the Switch version would be kind of the best for it because it'd be the easiest way to get all the controllers. You would think. I mean, I don't know how many people have, like, unless you have, like, lots of friends who have other controllers. Yeah, like, yeah. I only have one PlayStation 4 controller, so no one's playing co-op with me. I'm pretty sure you can hook up a GameCube adapter into your Switch and then use GameCube controllers. Oh, yeah, like they released for, like, Smash Brothers and everything like that. Yeah, it actually works with every game on the system. However weird that is. Hmm. Did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Coach co-op is hard though. I mean, there, there are like some things are strange. Yeah. But, that uh, seems like it'd be fun though. I mean, that seems like one way for you to play the game. Yeah. And subsequent <laughs> playthroughs might be more interesting playing it that way. Yeah. So did your parents enjoy the game when you played it? I think they did. <laughs> So how did you come up with wanting to do that then? I don't know. I think we were bored at, of WoW at the time, and we had tried out Warhammer Online when that existed. Oh, that's that's dating yourself. Yeah, what was that, 2008 <laughs> that came out? That game was kind of a disappointment. For a game focused huh. around PvP, it was very poorly balanced. <laughs> and uh, we just kind of quit. And they were like, well, we need something else to play. So I was like, yeah, let's play this. And they're, they were kind of like middling on it at first, but they got into it. And yeah. We ended up finishing it. So I guess that's a seal of approval. Yeah. You didn't stop. No, we didn't. Stop. So and we did finish, but we didn't get all the arms and get the third phase of the boss fight. And I'm happy that didn't happen. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, that's. Like I said, I don't know if we'll ever do that in the future or not, because mostly, like, when we play Tales games, like, uh, my wife will sit there and watch me. Like, it, it, sometimes there are shared experiences. She played Symphonia and Abyss and everything like that, but she watched me play a little bit of uh, Zestiria and Berseria and everything like that, actually most of it. She played, uh, in Tales of Exilia, you can choose to be either the female character Mila or the male character Jude. And we, like, I played through Mila's story, and she played through Jude's story. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a way to do it. Yeah. Because she, uh, you know, she didn't like Mila too much. She was a Jude fan fangirl. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the co-op's so. kind of weird still, because you're mostly sitting there doing nothing if you're not the person yeah. doing controls outside of battle. Yeah. But battles happen so frequently anyways. <laughs> yeah. And you're making gearing decisions as a group, that sort of thing. So it's that yeah. pretty good. That's a nice like shared experience though. Yeah. So Be- because then at least when you get in a battle, they're not just sitting there watching you do the battles. <laughs> yeah. Watch me. <laughs> yeah. All right, now watch me grind here. <laughs> yeah. That would be very strange. Anyway, I don't think all Tales games are good for multiplayer, but I would say Vesperia is pretty good for multiplayer. Yes, and that's coming from first-hand experience right yeah. there. And the Definitive Edition has the multiplayer, so that's great. Yeah. So, is there anything else you would like to ask about the game? Uh, I think I have run out of questions. Well, I will just say this. Tales is a great series, so if you have any questions, like, if you're if you're not really into JRPGs or any RPGs in general and you've wanted to get into them, I would highly recommend Tales just because of its ease of access and you never know. You might be surprised. Yeah. And I, I would obviously recommend Vesperia probably as like the easiest to get into. And once you play one, you kind of know what you're going to get into. So it doesn't really matter. You could start with whatever one you really want. They're all going to be somewhat similar. I would but say I will Vesperia ch- has the least barriers to entry, though. Probably. I mean, I guess I would also recommend Burst Area. Well, that one's also kind of weird because that probably has, like, the darkest, like, story, a little like, too, in general. A little too edgelord for most people, I think. 
Yeah, it's kind of weird, like, when you sit there and play that compared to other Tales games. So, while I would recommend it, I think Vesperia gets the nod over that. That's pretty much gives you a good general overview of, the, like, the whole series for 25 years. Yeah, Vesperia is good, but not representative of the series as a whole. Yes. I think that's what you mean, right? Probably. Something like that. <laughs> you're more, you're better to articulate and understand oh, you're good. than I am. So... Yes, I give it a seal of approval, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Ta- top five, yeah, top five game of all time for me. I'm ready to buy a Switch version and play all over again. Actually, I should just ask, what's the other games in your top five, just for comparison purposes? Oh, man. Okay, question. Do I allow games from the same series in there, or do I only get one game per series? Yeah, same series is fine, I guess. Okay, well... Just so people know, like, your tastes. So this actually uh, makes more sense, I guess? Okay, well, it would be Ocarina of Time. Okay. Probably Twilight Princess. That's two Zelda games. (laughs) Yeah, that's two Zelda games, because they're both fantastic. All right, we already said Tails is in there, so we'll put that in there. Yeah, Miss Berry's in there. Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Okay, and... Dark Souls 3. That is an interesting selection, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that so involves you gotta... any kind of shooting, of course, is Metal Gear. And even then, it doesn't involve that much shooting. That's true. You can play it like a shooter. Yeah, if you want to lose <laughs> a lot. Not, ne- not necessarily. What? And Metal Gear Solid 3 is one of the weird ones that you can actually take out all the enemies, and at some point, they will stop coming. <laughs> so you actually can... You can just take everyone out in an area. Mountain murder. <laughs> now, there's consequences to this, but since you haven't played it, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't spoil. Don't spoil. This is a don't spoil it. Not an MGS three podcast after all. No, no. Hopefully, you will play it, and we can podcast on that someday. Because I will always be down to talk about Metal Gear Solid. Well, I got it on PS three, so this is probably a good thought. <laughs> yes, play right. it. So, any last thoughts on Vesperia or? We good. It's fantastic. 10 out of 10. There we go. And I think it's a pretty good game, too. <laughs> even if There you go. We agree game. on something. Even if it's not my top five. <laughs> no. I'll have to get your top five later. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll, we'll end up doing it on my podcast. About there something. you go. All right. Yes. So this has been the Theology Gaming podcast Oh, If you liked what you heard and you are interested in talking about Tales of Asperia some more, Please join our Facebook group at Theology Gaming. I guess it's facebook.com slash Theology Gaming. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know. Watch. I'm going to tell just you look, just, right now. Just look up Theology Gaming on Facebook. Or do that. We should pop up. And I'm going to type it in I, right now. Watch this. Watch yeah. this, folks. And it comes out. Yes. Okay. I was just going to say, I don't know how many people look for Facebook pages by actually just typing in the address. Yeah. I'm sure there is someone out there. So I'm sorry if I offended you. There's also a link but... to the Theology Gaming website, which I haven't updated in, like, I don't even know when. <laughs> Being completely you lost up, here. You updated it a couple months ago because you put a couple reviews on there. Oh, yeah. I wrote a big thing about Dark Souls and Sekiro podcast is the last thing we did. Yes. I have a Sekiro review. It was in writing, and then uh, other things came up. But Tales of Vesperia, Theology Gaming podcast. Thanks for listening. This has been Brandon. I'm Zach. Uh, I don't know if I want to see you guys later because that doesn't make any sense in a podcast context, but uh, talk to you later. Talk to you later. (laughs) There you go. Bye. Bye.